passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, JJ Cooper, Josh Norris, another Baseball America Prospects podcast here. We are recording this on Monday, April 3rd, my post on it, Tuesday, April 4th. So if you're hearing this, you may be hearing this a day later, but we're getting ready for the start of the remainder of the full season minor league season. We already have AAA baseball underway. Uh, Josh and I have both made it out to AAA games already, but but now we're going into the main course this week because Thursday we'll have the start of low A, high A, and double A games. But more importantly for today, we're here today. I had Jeff on the podcast last week to talk about his trip to Florida. Well, Josh went to Arizona and in Arizona, the great thing about Arizona is, is that you have essentially half of all uh, major league teams, uh, spring training homes. And Josh, I believe went not as far as going to the different homes, but Josh, didn't you go 15 for 15 as far as seeing players from all 15 organizations that are out there? Sure did. Uh, I saw all 15 teams, at least in part, I didn't see full games of all of them in six days because the first day I flew in was a travel day and I didn't go to any games because I took a flight that was in the afternoon and not in the early, early morning. And I didn't go to games on the last day there because I flew out. So 15, 16 teams, whatever it is, six days. Um, that was, I, I thought I, I thought I could do it and I did it. And uh, it was fun. So, see, okay. The funny thing about this is, is, knowing Josh for quite a while. Like there are some people who would hear that and go, that sounds like hell. And I know that for Josh, that's pretty much like the dream is bouncing around backfields, tripling up some days, seeing quadrupling more up talent. Day, quadrupling up? Uh-huh. Uh, How'd I you pull off the quadruple? I started at one side of Camelback to see Dodgers Reds, and then Bill Mitchell, the great photographer for BA and backfield Sherpa, uh, told me Peyton Paulette and Jonathan Cannon were throwing on the White Sox side of uh, Camelback uh, about an hour from when he told me. So I, well, I drove on over there. And then I went to, I guess it was a, well, let's see, 
where did I go? The somewhere in the middle. Um, I'm blanking on where I went in the middle. Uh, and then uh, the night game, Peoria and um, the Mariners. Oh, San Diego and the Mariners and their prospect game. Um, so it was a fun trip that day. I'm blanking on where I went in the middle. I know I hit four different clubs or four different so, groups of teams. And so this is where I'm just going to say, as I try to pretty regularly on the podcast, thank you, Baseball America subscribers, to do the prospect coverage that we want to do. This is one of the things we want to do, which is is we want to make sure that we have people at spring training seeing the backfields because that gives you that great kind of first look of of what's coming, you know, this season. And we had we between uh, between Jeff and Josh throw in a little bit of also we had Savannah and Kyle traveling as well. We didn't get everybody, but we ended up getting, I believe more than two thirds of all teams, you know, definitely multiple looks at most of those, which will pay off for our baseball America subscribers this week. We will have an updated top hundred prospects list coming out ready for opening day of the full minor league season. And we're already getting rolling on on making sure that we'll be ready to do our updates. But more importantly, Josh is also working on his players who stood out in spring training, what scouts are saying about players from spring training story from the backfields. And I, I think, you know, the, the the count of names that will be on that is uh, it'll, it'll be in the dozens. The goal, I'll, I'll, I'll set a goal and let's see if I keep it. It might come in two installments, frankly. Um, the goal is 50. Um, and I think I can get there. Um, it's just a matter of, uh, talking to the right people and getting the right names, but there's definitely 50, uh, players who stood out on the backfield. And I'm trying with this, not to say, you know, uh, you know, Jordan Walker stuck out on the backfield. No offense to Jordan Walker, but we know it's Jordan Walker. I've got some names in here that you might know. But um, you don't know. There's going to be some you don't. (laughs) There were some names that I didn't really know when I got out there. And then you see them, or in some cases, you watch the video and you go, holy curse word. Um, That's really, really impressive. Um, You know, there's some some games where, like I mentioned Jonathan Cannon. I don't know how he threw. Because I set up my camera and I watch Peyton Paulette. I can't be two places at once. I'm going to talk to someone today who will tell me how he threw, but that's sometimes how it goes with uh, the backfield. You just kind of check your traps later and see what you got. <laughs> well, so today we're going to give a little sneak peek. That's what the today is about. Today is not going to be the full, you're not going to get the full buffet, but we're going to give you an appetizer. yet, so. You know, yeah, it's not even ready yet. I mean, the full buffet still has to be, but we do have we do have some apps here. We do have some, uh, you know, maybe some cheesy fries, maybe uh, blooming onion. You know, like you know, Josh is looking at me like, ugh. But uh, we have some uh, here. No, thank you. No, I well, it's me. So maybe some chips and guacatillo. uh, But um, but we maybe yeah. So so we do want to kind of start with that. But overall, Josh, like. You've already said it to me, but I want to share it with our audience. So what was the talent like on your trip? It was stupid. Overall. It was stupid. Like, just every day you saw someone or some, yeah, just someone 
or something that kind of turns your head. Like I posted a video of Theron Lorenzo of the Dodgers. It was a catching prospect, powerful. And I, I, I knew his name, but I hadn't seen him ever that I remember. Um, and I'm just cutting video, cutting video. And all of a sudden this, this, you can see this hip turn that is like, whoa, you only see that from like prime PGA golfers. And you see the, the, the swing, it, it, the bat whip through the zone and just absolutely pulverize the baseball. I know it was a home run because I saw it from behind the bleachers at that point. I was talking to someone and I know he did it to approximately Glendale, um, <laughs> which is not that impressive now that I think of it. I just woke up because he was in Glendale. He hit it to Flagstaff. <laughs> oh, <that's like> <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, he hit it real far. Um, but you see everywhere there's there's just the Padres backfields, the Diamondbacks backfields, the Dodgers backfields. The Dodgers backfields, I'm gonna call the everywhere the full house backfields because everywhere you look, there is talent. It's you just heard, and it's not just me, you heard it from scouts like say we can't get a rest back here because there's guys everywhere, guys you've never heard of before. I've got two names that I've never heard of before until uh, you know, talking to people and I don't know if they're going to make top 30s. That's not my list, but it's not surprising to know the Dodgers have pulled together just incredible halls of talent and found opportunities where other teams didn't. And, you know, it just, there are lineups on that, on that backfield that are just silly. And there are future all-stars back there. There are tons of big leaguers back there, I think. Um, And it's, it was kind of that way, maybe not to that level, the rest of Arizona. It was a lot of fun. It was the most talent I've seen on the backfields in 10 years of doing this. And that's saying something because, mm-hmm. again, Josh gets excited about being at the backfields most years, but I I can attest, having talked to him about his trips every year, really is this year is like a, a different level, which especially the key thing about this, Josh, to to make it clear what really stood out was the youngest, le- the the talent at the lowest levels of of what was out there more than anything, right? Right, and you know I don't ever uh, go to the double A, triple A games unless there just happened to be like the the last night uh, was they were the Ro- or one of the last nights was the Rockies and Angels were doing high A, low A, and double A on the same field or on the same on the same field on the same quad at night. Um, but other than that, I don't bother with double A or triple A because generally that's the name you know. Those are the names you know. And also the big leaguers are more likely to be um, matriculating there for side work. But if you know me, you know I like the younger players. You know I like to find them early and as early as possible. Like my bucket list is to get down to the DSL uh, someday. That's the that end, end bucket list. Um and you see some of these guys who will be in the DSL this year who are over for now. Um, but you want to get their names first. You know, I think that's my general goal when doing this is to get the names you're going to know really well. The guys are going to be in the top 50 of the top 100 later first. Um, and the way you do that is by trolling the backfields. That's how guys find or teams find you know, that third piece in trade that becomes the guy that you wonder why he was the third piece in a trade. That's the way you 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 do this. I like to when I talk to people about what I do, 
I like to say that my brothers, my brother and my father are both stockbrokers and I'm bad at math. So I do this, which is a lot. There's a lot of through lines between prospecting and picking stocks, I think. So I know there's no paternity test needed. (laughs) So, okay. So we are going to give, like I said, we're going to give a little bit of a teaser, a little bit of an appetizer. And uh, we're going to start with probably the most interesting, the name that that I probably asked you most about, but you saw also on multiple occasions. And we'll do that right after this quick break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. That's why I use Indeed for our hiring at Baseball America. It allows me to do everything on one website. I get quality candidates. I can schedule them. I can interview them. I can screen them. I can send messages to them all within Indeed. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we're back. So, Josh, the player, if you said who's the player that you will remember that will stand out as in, Hey, I got to see him for the first time in depth in spring training, 2023. Am I, am I fair to say that that would be Ethan Salas? You, you are, um, you know, some one scout has already tell us about Padres catcher, Ethan Salas. One scout has already asked me if he's going to be this year's Jackson Chorio for me. And in, in, as in a guy, I will not shut up about, um, not quite because I'm not going to, I don't know when I'll see him again, but um, he's really, really interesting. He's 16 years old. He's already catching big leaguers. You know, he caught Ryan Weathers in a big league game. We're not sure he's the youngest player ever to be in a cactus league game. I mean, maybe Joe Nuxhall, but uh, he was probably. They, they didn't have the cactus league that year. I can promise you that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they weren't allowing travel like that during World War II. Yeah, <laughs> good point, JJ. Um, but yeah, 16 years old and in big league camp and catching big leaguers and really impressing with an incredibly strong pair of hands. Um, and then on the backfield, I mean, he's caught you Darvish in bullpens and he caught Joe Musgrove the other day. I'm told on a, when you know, big leaguer goes down to the backfields to get his work in. And, you know, he was in the prospect game, the night game, which was ostensibly the double a group, but it really wasn't. Um, but you know, he faced in that game, the starter for that game was 28 year old Ian Clarkett, you know, who you remember, may you remember from the same first round as Aaron judge, uh, mm-hmm. and he's still on the backfields. 
And what did he do against him? He hit a double. Like, what the heck? Tripled the next day against George Kirby, right? Yeah, I'm getting there. The next day against George Kirby, he tripled. And the next day, when I I was there, he uh, faced Brian Wu. And he hit a loud double. And when I say a loud double, I mean it's one of those, if you're kind of looking down and you hear the noise, it sounds like a gunshot. You look up and go, you know, wait a minute. A 16-year-old did that? Yeah, it was a hanging changeup, it looked like. But... I don't care. For for reference, again, 16 years old, you're probably a sophomore in high school. Like, that's wild that he's doing that. You could hear scouts, you know, cooing about even the authority with which he throws the ball back to the mound, which is a little thing, but it just speaks to the polish that this young man has. Well, I don't know how the rest of his career is going to go, but there's a lot of positive indicators. And he's he's skipping the um the dsl and there's a lot of reasons behind that one he's really advanced two i believe he has dual citizenship and the tax hit's gonna come whether or not he goes to the dsl so there's no point in avoiding the tax hit by going to the dsl um and by tax hit i mean the tax hit on the signing bonus he got but he's gonna start in the acl and unless something stupid happens he's gonna wind up in uh, low A at some point this season as a 17 year old like you know we'll bring it back to Chorio for a second we cooed over him being in uh, low A at 18 last year well <laughs> a new year uh, we're going to go a, a year younger and probably get this guy to low A Lake Elsinore as a 17 year old he'll turn 17 at some point in the middle of the season um it's remarkable. You, know, you heard a bunch of hype around him, and then you watch and you say, holy goodness, it's real. This is a really sp- – not only was that young man hitting in the in this prospect game against advanced competition, he was hitting second in a lineup full of prospects. He was hitting second in front of Jackson Merrill. Like, come on. You, you don't see this every day. I don't see this every day. It's this – this guy's career goes the way I think it's going to go. I'm going to be talking about him for a very long time. So the thing that stands out to me, and this is kind of a, one of my core prospect philosophies is, is that teams largely, Mm -hmm. largely tell you what they think with where they put players. I, I, I use this example going back. If you want to go way back, uh, a few you know, many years ago now, I remember when Bubba Starling didn't start, he went to the app, you know, he went to, the, he didn't start the season, his first full season in the Midwest league. He didn't go to low A because they weren't comfortable that his bat was ready for low A. Well, you know what that tells you? That's a problem. Mm-hmm. The flip side of that though, is, is that the flip side, when you talk about a Jackson Churio, the fact that Jackson Churio's headed to double A this year to start the season, the fact that Ethan Salas, well, almost if he's healthy and things go right, should play in the Cal League as a, not just a 17-year-old, but as in like a, I just had my birthday and I'm still getting the, uh, you know, the I, I, I still hear happy birthday ringing in my head. He's turning 17 in June. Like he will play likely in full season ball this year. The fact that he's being allowed or asked to catch big leaguers already the fact that he is being allowed to face big leaguers in spring training games 
you don't do that. It's not a, it's not something where you say, ah, you know, they could be just hyping him up. No, because for one, you can really break somebody who's not ready for doing for this by doing that. If you put a catcher who's not ready to catch big leaguers back there catching big leaguers, one, the big leaguer is going to get annoyed, but two, you're going to destroy the confidence of a 16-year-old. Ethan Salas doesn't have that problem. If you said that we're going to let this guy face veteran pitchers, if you're not ready for it, you can destroy the confidence of a 16-year-old. They don't have that worry with Ethan Salas. Why? Because Ethan Salas is capable of handling this, and they know that. And that is a giant flashing indicator of of what they think about this guy what they think about this prospect is that they're not worried about those things why because they know the player and they know his maturity they know how advanced he is the same way again you go back to last year as a perfect example of this why did the brewers send jackson churio to low a at that age because they felt confident he could hand it handle it why did they then bump him up to double i mean to high a because they felt confident he could handle it well you that can, and he destroyed right yeah but, but those are the things that that you see the flip side of this too when again if you talk about top picks why did the mariners demote alex jackson from the midwest league as the number six pick in the draft the next year because they realized he wasn't able to handle it. And those kind of indications are glaring indicators one way or the other. And this is a incredibly strong indicator. I mean, I'll put it this way in your travels, you said like these guys were going to the DSL, but I'm bet you, you did not. There's not a whole lot of other 16 year olds who signed in January who stood out from your travels this spring. Um, I wouldn't place that bet. Um, I would say that Sebastian Walcott um, stood out pretty hard for me. He signed in the same class as uh, as Salas. Salas. And I only got one game of him, so he couldn't have impressed me that much just yet. I guess he's 17 now, uh, but just turned um, on the March 14th. So he's got a little bit of a, he's a few months older than he, than Salas, but wow, what a player. Like he, he doesn't look like a 17 year old. You know, I would not, I wouldn't card him if he were buying stuff. Um, he th- swings the bat with authority. He makes incredible. He, he's got Twitch. He makes really impressive plays in the field. He made a tag play on a stolen base that you know, my eyes popped out of my head. Um, he was something else. Like in you know, a lineup with you know Anthony Gutierrez and other guys that the the Rangers like, and yes, and Morabell, that one stood out. He's I can't wait till he gets to down east, whenever that may be. I'm sure he's going to go to the DSL. We'll see. But on talent alone, I bet you he could hack it in the in the ACL. Um, that one, you know, that was the number three bonus in the class. I think um, I would have I would have loved to stay another few days for. Many reasons, you know, I would love to stay at the end of camp to see the, the debut of Felnan Celestin, which happened a day after I left. Um, he did a great job ball boying while I was there. But 
you know, that I'm, she doesn't look like a 16 year old either. These, these are a lot of, a lot of bodies. I didn't see roaming the halls of Beaverton high school. There's <laughs> 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 a lot of, uh, guys that could have been a lot of football teams. Um, this was Sam Smith's body shop. Um, so impressive, uh, yeah, but yeah, Walcott, it wasn't like the same extended look. I only got one day at the Rangers. Cause you know, I saw every team, but I try to like, I didn't sit on the Brewers much because I'm going to skip unless they're very bad there or get traded. They're going to get to Zebulon. And I deal with the Rangers. They're going to get to down East and Hickory and I'll see them plenty as they go through the ladder. So I didn't emphasize my looks on them. Like I right. stuck the Dodgers and the Padres cause I'll probably never see them again until instructs. That's what the uh, that's what Arizona is good for. Is as you can see, even if you're well, you know, and there's also occasionally other uh, opportunities, but it is much. You know, we, again, we try to be strategic about it to make sure that we're seeing a little bit of everybody. Um, the other thing I just, I guess, I would ask Joshua is, uh, okay, uh, uh, the the way I'll flip it is it's spring training, so you don't. I don't want to go overboard on this, but did anyone surprise you the other way? Um, anyone look a little rougher in spring training than you expected? Not really. I mean, not that, not that I really stuck out to me. No. Um, trying to think about anybody who would have. You know, Shoei Otani was only 92, 93 for you, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, that's a fun one. Like, you know, the one thing I never, ever want to see on the backfield is a big leaguer. Um, but I'm like an exception for this. Like first day, I think I was planning to go somewhere else. But the parking situation was so screwy that I said, you know, whatever, I'm going to the Angels instead. And so I made a last second audible to go to the Angels and so I'll see what I see. And I finally figured out where to park there because there was a big league game going on simultaneously. And that is a nightmare. Um, and I finally got this, and I get my get out of my car, I turn the corner, and there he is, Shohei Otani. And I like this is his first outing of any kind since he'd struck out Mike Trout and the World Baseball Classic. Here he is on the backfields in front of relatively speaking nobody, you know, more Japanese journalists than scouts and fans and whatever you want to call me. Um, and then he was facing the Diamondbacks group, and I, I said, "Oh my goodness, I'm going to see Shohei Otani facing, among others, Drew Jones." Um, you know, who number two overall pick in the country that's signed by shout out to former baseball American um, and guy who slept on my couch, Hudson Belinsky. Um, so that was one time where I wasn't totally angry that I was going to see a big leaguer. I wasn't like, oh, you know, I know what this is. I'm not going <laughs> to. I said it to multiple people last week. Um, I like try to find the under the radar guys. Well, this is the most over the radar guy you can so find on the planet. And First at bat, um, Drew Jones singles off of Otani. And I expect, you know, we, we all expect Drew Jones to have a great career. But if he doesn't, that's a moment that's gonna he's going to take for the rest of his life. And Gavin Conticello homered off of him. And I don't know how his career is going to unfold, but he could always say he homered off of, and I'm going to, you know, maybe hot take it here, the best baseball player of all time, period. He homered off of the best ever. I don't care that it was a hanging breaking ball. I don't care that the guy was getting his work in. He hit a ball of Shohei Otani that cleared a fence in right field, and he got to trot around the bases. I hope he got the ball, and I hope he 
you know, encases it in carbonite. <laughs> that, oh, then you wouldn't be able to see it then. I mean, that would not be, you know, you, you want to make a vacuum sealed, you know, uh, acrylic uh, case or something. Just make sure it doesn't wind up in the mouth of the beast. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, nice Sandlot reference. Yeah, I'm, I'm making all sorts of references today. Um, but yeah, that was that was a surreal moment. And then, you know, to 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 um, explain how viral that video went. Number one, it was a terrible video because it was out of focus because I was leaning over what I thought was a very expensive Japanese camera that the media brought. What I was told later was the pitch clock. Um, so <laughs> it was out of focus, but it still did probably close to a million views. And it got enough attention that my mom, when I talked to her on Sunday, said, who is Shohei Otani and who are who is Drew Jones and why did this video go so viral? <laughs> so, that was a conversation. Um, but that was a surreal moment that you're, you're not going to forget. I had one the next day when I saw um, the Cubs go back to back to back to back home runs. Uh, off of the Rockies pitching um, in, where were we? Salt River, I think. Um, I've done this in some form or fashion since 2006. I've never seen four home runs in a row. That was wild. I've seen four home runs by one player. Um, I've never seen four home runs in a row. And quite frankly, I didn't see all of them. I was on the other field for two of them. And I came back because I wanted to get Kevin Alcantara. But your camera saw them. Yeah, I wanted to get Kevin Alcantara and Kevin Mate swings. And I come back and I ask someone, like, did those guys hit me? Said, yeah, what they do? Homer. Oh, come on. <laughs> Just my luck. But the the traps that I told you in the, earlier that I set and sometimes find cool stuff on, got them all on the open side. I made an audible earlier in the day that I decided the pitching wasn't particularly good. So I wanted to use all my three cameras to get open side looks on the two fields. And um, I think I made the right call. So that that this may be the perfect way to end it, which is, is this leads to my Shoei Otani spring training story, which is um, the year that he came over. Um, it's hard to remember now, but do remember, like there were there were real questions about okay, not I wouldn't say from us, but there were questions out there about how good is Shoei Otani, and there were questions about whether he'd be able to hit in the big leagues. There were questions about how good he would be as a pitcher and all that, and I. Uh, just ended up that I was going to the angels and kind of what you did. I was at the angels backfields and it was Shoei Otani and a group of against the lowest level of angels prospects that were out there. So it was like Kevin Maiton just after Maiton had signed with the, uh, with the angels after being granted free agency and Levon Soto and guys like that. And so this is a group that, that, Shoei Otani should utterly destroy. I mean, there are 17 year olds and he's Shoei Otani. And I don't know another way to describe it, but Otani was just awful. I mean, he was 92, 93. He had multiple innings that were rolled because of walks and hits and, and all that. And so I, it was an eye openingly bad, uh, appearance which was his last appearance in spring training on the backfields before he made his 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 major league debut and i'm thankful again i did mention i think i tweeted out like i'm not a rough outing from otani but i didn't make much of it right i didn't like uh 
oh, you know, clearly Shoyotani is just trash or anything like that. I'd seen in Japan, you know, how much better he was than that. And it was a very useful, useful lesson for me of when you see a big leaguer, especially on the backfields, don't, don't take too much from it because he may be working on something. He may not be at trying to even trying to be at game speed because Otani then went out in his first start for the angels and was showy Otani uh, right away. And, and obviously showed very quickly what he could do as both a pitcher and a hitter. But it was like, I, I really do believe that I did see the worst that Shohei Otani has looked pretty much since he was a pro on the backfields at, uh, in Arizona, but it just didn't really, it meant nothing. You know, it, it's funny. You mentioned that, you know, there were people who had questions about him. I'll, I'll raise my hand. I, I was one of them. I think I mentioned on the podcast with Kyle and Carlos, one of the episodes of uh, Future Projection, that, you know, I'd never seen him to form an opinion. That was the first time I saw this last, this last week was the first time I've ever seen him in person. I didn't expect to, um, because he plays for the Angels in the big leagues, and Los Angeles is very far from probably North Carolina. Um but when, you know, he was coming up and about to come here and all the descriptions about him were coming out, you know, my eyebrows were raised. I said, you know, there's no way he's this good. There's no chance he's this good. This is another case of hype being through the roof and he's going to, he might be fine. But this, this player who's like, you know, Paul Bunyan and the big blue ox um, doesn't exist. Well, he does. Um, <laughs> he certainly <laughs> Certainly does. Um, he is the best player on the planet. Uh, you know, I, 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 I said it before. It's, it's wild. You know, before Shohei Otani debuted, there were conversations about whether Mike Trout was going to be the greatest player of all time. Now he might not be the greatest angel of all time. How nuts is that? That to have those two historically transcendent, one historically transcendent talent, and then another guy to come along and just one up him uh, pretty hard, <laughs> both on the field at the world baseball classic and in terms of just overall talent and nothing. Then that's not saying anything bad about Mike Trout, but he does a lot of things, but he doesn't pitch. Um, and what we learned, what you and I learned JJ on those backfields is Shohei Otani does three things. He hits, he pitches and boy, howdy can he play possum against uh, minor leaguers um again just it's something where he's that's why i don't take a whole lot from big league spring training usually um because a lot of times they're just getting their work in um especially when you see like you know the fairly anonymous prospects having or or borderline big leaguers having big spring trainings on in the actual cactus and grapefruit leagues well a lot of times those guys don't pan out because they're facing big leaguers who are just getting their work in. And you'll see it later in the year that you know, once they face real breaking balls and right. real located fastballs that you know, the, they have to face the music. Greg, I, the, my favorite, and we'll, we'll end this because I have a run to my next meeting, but, but Greg Maddox was to me famous for this when he was a brave in spring training. I remember seeing him a couple of times, not look good in spring training. And once his career was over, it came out that he was deliberately pitching in a way so that he would place into the heads of hitters that they could have success against him in certain ways. So that then when the regular season rolled around, 
he could take advantage of that and of their tendencies. Oh, you know, okay, in this situation, he does this. Oh, I can look for a fastball up or whatever it was. And he would deliberately make mistakes in spring training because he knew that it could help him come regular season. Again, that's something that you can do if your spot on the roster is absolutely positively guaranteed. You can't do that if you're fighting for a roster spot. But Greg Maddox wasn't fighting for a roster spot. Shoei Otani, as you pointed out, he wasn't doing that in the game you saw. But Shoei Otani's not fighting for a roster spot. He's just got to get his work in. But I would point out, we, too, just to close it, that in the next at-bats for Drew Jones and Gavin Conticello, he, he, he was Shohei Otani. He wasn't on 102. <laughs> But he he showed them. He broke, and there are videos on Twitter. He broke off some of the nastier sliders and curveballs or whatever, breaking balls against those guys that you will see and kind of reminded them who is the king of this year jungle. So, well, we're going to have to end it there. Like I said, I've got a head. But that's a little taste, a little sneak peek. Check back later this week as Josh will be unveiling his uh, players who popped in spring training. And we promise you, this is basically a guarantee. If you, <laughs> if you know, already knew of every name on that list, when you get that, shoot me an email at JJ, you know, JJ uh, Cooper at baseballamerica.com. Cause I want to hear it because as Josh said, he didn't know of every name on this list before he started doing this. So if you are, I, I want to hear about it. But for Josh, I'm JJ. So long, everybody. See ya. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.